0: everyone, welcome to the Angel of Words podcast where your stories are heard. I am your host, Angel of Words. And before we get started, don't forget to tap on that notification bell, like, follow, share on YouTube. Follow us on all podcast platforms. You could also check out our exclusive content and cop the merch at www.aowent.com. And if you want to leave a donation to the Angel of Words podcast, it is Cash App A O W N Y C. Now, on deck on the Angel of Words podcast, we have host of the Village Mentality Podcast, Miss. CK McGee Miss McGee thank you for joining us here on the Angel Words podcast been a long time coming trying to set this up you're, you're busier than James Brown girl so you know we appreciate your time here you know
1: well, thank you for having me, Angel. I appreciate it. Love being here with you. I've been watching you. And so I feel very honored to be here with you I've today. been
0: watching you, watching me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You may be the only one, you know, right now. <laughs> this podcast game isn't easy. It's not easy. <laughs> you got to crack that algorithm. You know, that's like I wake up in the morning thinking about that stuff. Absolutely. But what I also think about, Miss McGee, is your podcast and the fact that you have a podcast based on, mental health issues in within the, uh, you know, Latino and, uh, black community, which is a hot topic right now, all across, all across the country, uh, because we, we live in a woke society. I mean, you know, and one of those revelations that we made is that we don't deal with our emotional issues very well because we're taught, I guess, not to speak on them. And um, it's something that you discuss. I want to know why you made your podcast about that.
1: Well, first of all, um, Angel, I have to say on a personal note, um, it's because I myself deal with major depressive disorder and anxiety disorder. And I know from my own personal experience how difficult it can be to navigate the choppy waters of life whether it's dealing with family, friends, co-workers, and then just all that comes from the impact of mental illness. That's one. Number two, because quite frankly, we as communities of color completely disregard our mental health. We, as you know, and just in general, everyone deals with their physical health. Everyone deals with their emotional health. Everyone deals with their spiritual health. You go to the gym, you work out, you eat, right? You diet, you drink, you keep hydrated, right? You make sure you get your proper sleep. You meditate, you do yoga. You do all of these different things. You know, to stay away from toxic situations and toxic individuals. But then when it comes to mental health, we disregard it because the stigma is so powerful a thing that for us to even discuss it based in shame and embarrassment because you think you're crazy you have all these cute little words that they like to use you're crazy you're nuts you're psycho you're all of these things and it's really just based in fear and so with everything that goes on in communities of color i'm talking about from racial trauma to uh incarceration to homelessness and joblessness isn't any wonder that at some point in your life it might kind of, you know, affect your mental health at some point. That no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, that there's always some kind of obstacle or some kind of barrier in your way that keeps you from enjoying an equitable life like our white counterparts do. And especially if they are the ones who have determined that us being minorities are not supposed to enjoy the same equity in healthcare or in education or socioeconomics. Those things affect us. So our mental health is becoming very severe. And if you're watching the news, you're paying attention to what's going on in the news, particularly down there in the city, you're seeing more and more instances of people who are suffering with mental illness that are not being treated, that are not being taken seriously. And now their behavior is spilling over into society. And now you're becoming victims of this.
0: Yes. Gun violence. We're talking about gun violence being, you know, going up. Uh, We have also, you know, stabbings as well going up. We have the the dude that tried to kill, uh, I guess, his somebody's boyfriend or his his sister's man or something crazy in Times Square that just recently happened.
1: He was shooting at his brother because they were fighting over territory. Look how many people were affected by that. Yes. Look at the number of MTA workers that are being attacked now. Whether you're being punched in your face, whether you're being slashed in your face, whether you're being thrown on the train tracks in and of itself. This yes. is a very serious thing, and it, it just can't go on ignored. Well, CK, you know,
0: 80%, we're talking about 50s, 60s, you know, around that it, it, around that era, 80% of, 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 you know, black people were married, you know, and now it's 26%. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hear that stat, do you think that has something to do with it? The fact that, you know, we're we're being raised in in communities now with no, you know, with no, like, hierarchy, no system, if you will, no discipline. And now the world has to deal with that.
1: Well, you know, one of the things, um, Angel, that, you know, has happened as far as the nuclear family when it comes to communities of color is they've 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 taken it apart and they've taken the strongest element of that away, which is the man. Whether he has been killed, whether it's police brutality, whether he is incarcerated, whether it's substance abuse, um, whether for the sake of getting away because there's a domestic violence situation going on, you have the head of household that's not present. And these days, African-American women in particular, um, 30% of the time are 30% more likely to be the head of household than any other race of women, especially white women. I think think white women, it's like 9%. So black women are taking on this role of mother and father, and there's no way that you can be both. And it's unfortunate because now you have one parent, and as I think we've always been, it's, it's about survival mode. So you're working one, two, three, however many jobs just to put food on the table. But who's really there supervising that son or that daughter Who's, who's teaching them right from wrong? Unfortunately, the streets end up being the ones to teach our young people. And with everything that they see in their lives now, more so than ever before, uh, stuff going on, whether they could be homeless as well, or uh, you know, they could be victims of domestic violence, or they themselves have a parent that's a substance abuse user or what have you, sexual molestation. And then we want them to go to school, and we want them to, you know, soar and excel. But yet they have inferior quality as far as, like, the, the resources that they have available at school. You saw everything that happened last year with the pandemic. And look at how much of that conversation was about the fact that there was, there was no equity as far as black and brown children when it came time for them to receive their laptops. And everything that came very easy to our white counterparts. These are things that we're always fighting against. And I think just after a while, especially with it not being um, paid attention to, it just gets out of hand. It gets out of hand. And don't get me started on school to prison pipelines, which also affect our youth. 50 to 75% of youth that are in juvenile detention centers, they all meet criteria one way or another of a mental illness. Like, really?
0: Now, CK, what are you saying to the people such as Candace Owens out there that are talking about boo-hoo, stop feeling sorry for yourself, you know, black women, you start treating black men better, stop, you know, uh, stop demanding things and learn how to compromise. It's, you, gotta, you got no one to blame but yourself when you hear those messages. How does that make you feel? Well,
1: you know what, I honestly don't pay anyone like a Candace Owens any mind um yes. because i think that well, you know what i'm it. talking about i do though, right? i do i know okay. exactly what you're talking about because and, you
0: know she's she's heavy you know what i'm saying yeah, <laughs> like, she's, you can't she's, you can't help but to know who that person is unfortunately you know what i mean
1: she can be heavy and ignorant at the same time yeah and you know it's unfortunate that instead of having people who are aware of everybody's situation and everybody's circumstance and um having an ability to show compassion because let me tell you something for some of my life i grew up in a single parent household now i don't feel sorry for myself because of it and neither does my mother she did everything that she needed to do and she provided for us we were never out in the street we never went without or what have you but it's our reality and the thing about people like candace owens is she can be as dismissive as she would like to be as far as what the reality is but that's what people are living and instead of you know um instead of being negative and instead of, you know, uh, further attacking black women, because in my opinion, black women, you know, you're like the backbone of your society, of your community. We're the ones that keep everything going. We're the ones that even if it is a struggle, even if it is, you know, um, if there are obstacles, we're the ones to overcome them. And a lot of times without support. And so to have another black woman who has never been in that situation, talking trash, to me, I don't have time for her, people like her, I don't. I'd rather deal with what's actually going on and figure out ways that we can help support one another rather than tearing each other down. That doesn't do any good either.
0: How do you feel about, how how can we support one another though? What can we do?
1: Well, first of all, it's kind of like, you know, with your physical health, let's just say. If you see somebody that's doing something you know somebody that you love a loved one a friend or what have you someone that's doing something destructive to themselves something that's harmful whether it's the foods they're eating whether it's the fact that they're abusing drugs or whatever it may be don't you think that as a human being don't you think that we have a responsibility toward our fellow brother our fellow sister to look out for one another to speak up and say hey yo you know what this road that you're going down is not going to be good. You know, maybe we are aware of the fact that at this point this person might have diabetes. Well, we know how bad diabetes can get. Do we continue to let that person go down a road that's going to continue to be so bad that eventually they're going to start losing limbs as a result of it? Or do we interject ourselves and find a way to like support them? You know, when it comes to communities of color, I understand that we are very distrustful when it comes to the medical field, when it comes to mental health professionals, and I understand why. There comes a time when we kind of have to sort of, you know, I don't know, sort of get ourselves together in the sense of talking to one another, perhaps maybe shared experiences. Maybe we have to remember once again that we're a village. We are a family. We're all one big family. You are, are you Puerto Rican? Yes, I am. You're Puerto Rican, but you're my brother an African-American, what? but I'm your sister. That's a and we have to oppose each other, like we're one big family. What happens to you, I need to be concerned about. What happens to me, you should be concerned about. And so we need to pull ourselves together because too much of the time, that's what this world has done. They have pulled us apart with all this divisive rhetoric that people talk about. Oh, don't feel sorry for yourself. People are not feeling sorry for themselves. However, their reality is what it is. We need to come together And we need to share experiences, we need to support one another. Hey, you're afraid to go to the doctor? Let me go with you. Hey, you don't know how to find a mental health professional, let me help you. Because now more awareness is being brought on about the fact that, you know what, language sometimes is a barrier. So let me help you, what what language do you speak? Okay, let's go to this app or that. You know what I'm saying? You can't have all the information, keep it to yourself and not be willing to share. Because I think that once we start getting ourselves into a mode of feeling comfortable talking about things. Let me tell you something, Angel. This very day, I still struggle from time to time with the anxiety, still struggle, but I'm still also out there advocating because even in the midst of my struggle, I still care about what's happening to other people. I still understand how difficult it can be to, to talk about what you're going through, especially when... People are used to you being light and bubbly and full of life and, you know, you're the life of the party, but inside you're dying. Inside you feel like there's no hope. Inside you don't feel like there is a future. You need to not have people judging you and tearing you down. You need to have people understand that, you know what, if by the grace of God it could happen to you, you know, Um, I may be dealing with chronic homelessness or joblessness or whatever the situation is. Don't look down on me. How about understanding where I'm coming from and seeing what you can do to help me as opposed to having one more foot on my neck or on my back, you know? And I think that's what makes me kind of sad about the whole thing. It's the reason why I do the podcast. It's because I want to remind us all that we are a village. We have to have village mentality. We need to remember that we're all in this together. And whether we are black, brown, white, Whatever it is, we're still human beings. And if if I cut you, you're going to bleed, just like if you cut me, I'm going to bleed. You are, I'm no better than you, and you are no better than me. But we can all be better together. Nobody has to be left behind, and nobody has to be made to feel left.
0: How do we open up those lines of communication? Because I'll be honest, with you mentioned the situation about diabetes and you know, in my family, personally, that diabetes has run amok in my family to the point where it killed my 15 year old little brother slash cousin. You know, my uncle died at 46 with with, with ripped, you know, with, with, with limbs taken off of him. You know, I have a cousin right now who's suffering, you know, almost legally blind or legally blind. And, you know, I feel like there there wasn't an onus, you know, once these things started happening or an education there. So, first of all, how do you think we open up those lines of communication and how do we how do we uh, bring resources so that we are educated enough in our communities to actually do something about these things? Because I feel like we're still living in primitive states of mind.
1: Yeah. You know, um, we have to stop, we have, we have to get away from, um, we have to stop feeling so ashamed and embarrassed to own, because you said that, own to own the problem. They always said back in the day, and it still holds true to this day, Angel, the first step is understanding and knowing that you have a problem. Because let me tell you something, it is true, and I will say this. You can talk to somebody about their weight, about their drinking about whatever it is that's destroying them all day long until you're blue in the face it is true and until they are able to accept it for themselves they are not going to take the necessary measures in order to help themselves i totally agree with that it is hard i think that what i think in that situation what we can't do is give up we just we just can't give up and and we have what's different today versus yesterday like is that we have so much more information at our fingertips. What are you walking around with your iPhone and your Android and your laptop and your this and your that? If you're not at least getting on there and like finding out, because there's so much, there's like a plethora of information based on whatever your situation is. You just have to have the willingness to even want to do it. And if not for themselves, maybe there just has to be someone that's kind of like an advocate for them that kind of like fight until they can get to a point where they understand the fight for themselves. You know what, Angel? A lot more people than you realize don't even value their own lives. They don't even value their own lives. And more times than not, they don't have anybody around them that values it either. And so you fall into this- Do you think that's a
0: conscious decision or something that happens subconsciously?
1: I, I think it's something that may happen subconsciously because again, when you're talking about the deterioration of the nuclear family, and also even you know when it comes to um you know your extended family remember remember there used to be a time when you had a relationship a strong relationship with your grandparents your aunts your uncles your cousins you know yeah even just in my own personal life i'm just going to share that even in my own personal life i don't have those relationships like that anymore because things happen arguments ensue disagreements get in the way and the next thing you know what was a family is no longer and it's fragmented right so that support that you would have leaned on yesterday is no longer really available for you so you almost find yourself out there by yourself so that's my situation doesn't mean like that is the safe that that's the case for everybody but i think as people we have turned inward and we're more about ourselves than we are about each other and i just feel like it's just easier like we've gotten away from really caring about one when people live in a village okay if you look at a village right what, what what was a village what did it consist of it consisted of people who had different talents different strengths who were known for different things right let's not even focus on the weaknesses of anything okay everybody came together with their collective strength and they all you know, did what needed to be done in order to meet the same goal, whether it was feeding the community, uh, whether it was healing the community, I'm just throwing stuff out there. But just to give us the idea of what we've gotten so far away from, because there's been this breakdown of family, because it's been you and me or we against them and all this divisive rhetoric, we no longer look out for one another. We don't know how to talk to each other anymore we are more critical and we're more destructive in our relationships. And I think that it's about the relationship and the relationships need to be healed. I think that people need to know beyond themselves that their value, that their life is valuable. Sometimes you might need someone to help you see that, you know, and far too often these days, we just don't have that.
0: I, I agree, but I feel like, we, we don't live in us in a country that allows for that mentality you know that people would say, oh, that's a socialistic outlook on things and this is a doggy dog you know situation that we're living here in here in America and I'm okay with that because I you know I choose to live here. I don't have to live here you know, we could all make these decisions and on top of that, like you like you know talking about capitalism, we, you know, a lot of us don't have the resources. You're, you're going through all these things, but you still got to go to work. You still have to pay for your babysitter. We don't have those economic resources or, or, or that room for error. You know, no, but that's, like that's something. We, to, yeah.
1: But but, that's, but see, we don't have the resources. Like, we might not be able to go and get a nanny, or we might not be able yeah. to go and get a babysitter, but that's where we would look to our family. That's where yeah. we look to those friends. That that's Your village, honestly, Angel, is what you make of it it doesn't gotcha. necessarily have to be in the traditional sense that it's going to be your family that it's going to be it, it can be a group of friends that you know are your, like your brother or die the difference between people who are in your circle versus those who are in your corner is a huge difference your family that that's your circle your friends your circle but who is that person that no matter what whether you're down whether you're out uh, whether it's good, whether it's bad, sick and thin, who are those people that even when you don't ask, even if, it, even if you don't say anything, they recognize that maybe you're struggling. They recognize that maybe you need help. And, and they don't need you to build them up and they don't need you to beg them. They don't need you to twist arms and pull feet. They know to just be there for you. I have like maybe one, maybe two people like that in my life. And let me tell you something, even just having one person like that in your life makes a whole hell of a lot different than you not having that person at all because people can be in your circle all day long and from a distance they might see you but they don't really see you and i tell you more times than not people in this world whether it's capitalist or socialist or whatever all anybody really ever wants is to be seen the fact that i'm doing this interview with you right now i didn't ask you to do the interview you saw me in something that i was doing When you asked me for this interview, I was stunned. I was like, really? Like, okay. Because when it comes to social media, you have this idea that you have to be this big, huge name with all these millions of followers, thousands of followers in order to be noticed. But guess what you looked at? You looked at me talking about something that is a very prevalent issue in communities of color, and you invited me on your show as a result of that. If we could see each other like that in all kinds of ways, it would make a lot of difference. And it doesn't have to be socialistic. It can just be, well, I don't know, human.
0: Very interesting point. That is a fact. You know, <laughs> I agree. Now, I mean, but, you know, honestly, sometimes you people try to reach out to people to give them help and they don't want it.
1: Probably because they don't trust it. Like, you know what? If you don't okay. have it, if you don't have it, and not only this, but guess what, Angel? If you're going to reach out, And you're going to help somebody. Are you helping them because are you helping them on their terms or on yours? What does that help look like?
0: My thing is like, what does it matter? Help is help, man.
1: It does matter because (laughs) you know why.
0: It's always beneficial, though. It's It's, I mean, like it's beneficial.
1: But if your help help comes with if your help comes with conditions, yeah, where a person feels like they have to live up to in order to receive your help, they'd much rather walk away from that. If you're going to help me, help me from Help me from your soul. Help me from your heart. Help me because you really want to help me. Not because it's some kind of a benefit for you. Not because you might be looking for some glory. Not because you want to be able to tell everybody, oh, yeah, I did that. You're doing it because you see this person really needs help. And no matter what, no matter, you know, how many times that person might say no, maybe that person may not respond to you right when you need them to, um, or they might not respond how you need them to but that you recognize that this person needs help and you're going to help them anyhow makes a whole lot more difference than, oh, well, you know what? I called them five times. They didn't take my calls. So, oh, well. Sometimes those people don't know how to deal because they haven't really had somebody really go hard for them. And in some situations, you might really need to go hard for somebody. If you're willing to do that, then okay. But if you're not, then, you know, I mean, nobody can force you.
0: Well, right there, we're talking about the essence of love, and this is something I always talk about to everyone that's in my corner. You know, and if people that are in my circle feel like discussing it, we discuss it.
1: Mm-hmm. But in,
0: in, I know what you mean because with people in my corner, I speak to them. You know, a lot about these intricate things that go on in our lives. Absolutely, and we speak about it on a on a on a real authentic level. But I always tell the producer of the show who I love to death. That's my dude. You know what I mean? For life, my cousin, you know, Mm -hmm. and I always tell him it's like, we need to learn how to love, but not romantically. I'm talking about learn how to, you know, Love and appreciate the connections that we make and the people yeah. that are good around us. Because yeah. me personally, in 2019, I came from like the most toxic situation that I've ever experienced in my life. And it was of my own doing. And I promised myself I will never do that again. Mm-hmm. So I literally had to do a cleanse of human beings because, first of all, I never I never used to do anything like that. Until that moment in time. Like I always felt like I was a person that was strong minded and reliable to make a choices tough choices and also Mm -hmm. deal with people appropriately and i never felt like i've overstepped my boundaries or understepped my boundaries i i felt like my energy was consistent to the energy they were putting back out towards me and then things happened. i went through a whole muck and i had to do a cleanse because i had a lot of people around me that weren't weren't about you know forget about helping me it was fake love telling me I love you and then showing me other things and we're mm-hmm. not even talking about romantically mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of people do not appreciate the good people in their in, in, in their hearts and that makes it hard for people to trust one another Amen. I feel like we, we live in a world of what have you done for me for lately, me lately. And there's, but there's people doing things for you and you don't even appreciate it because you don't Want it coming from them. We want, we want, we want it coming on our terms all the time, you know. And then this year, I've made brand new uh, relationships with people who have done things for me that friends I've known that were in my circle. Right for four years have never done t- one time right. and I'm starting to look it's like you really gotta start paying attention mm-hmm. We, I feel like us as a human as, as human beings need to start paying attention and accepting the information that we're receiving from people start observing longer and harder and eliminate situations that you should not even have put yourself in the first place to avoid mental health problems because if you sink your energy into somebody that anybody else would have told you wasn't good from the beginning, and you're looking at them like, yo, y'all hating, but you're not paying attention, then four years down the line, you know, they end up screwing you over. Everybody's going to be like, yo, we've been told you that, so we don't feel bad for you. We don't want to be in your corner.
1: But you know what, though? If- If mental health issues were were only a consequence of like choosing the wrong people, then that would be one thing. But I mean, I mean, that's just
0: one example. You know, I know. And then some things are chemical because, you know, you know, I've I've dealt with people that like it's just like you can't control it. And that's a whole nother issue right there that people just need to be sensitive to. Some people are just chemically imbalanced Mm -hmm. and, you know, you have to deal with them and try to love them. And if you can't like love them or, or um, understand what they're going through, then I think it's best for you to stay away from them because like honestly, you're just gonna make things worse on them, I feel. But
1: you what do know you what think about that see see here's how I like to look at things, see Angel. And and yeah. this is this is another thing I think that we we all tend to forget as like human beings. Um you know, whether let's let's take a building, a structure, mm-hmm. something that, you know, it could be dilapidated or, you yeah. know, maybe something that's going to be torn down. One of the first things that, you know, an architect does is they, they roll out the blueprint, right? They roll out a blueprint. And if it's a structure that already exists, they're looking at the structure and they're determining what goes where and why and how it works and so forth and so on. Right. And if it's not a structure that exists, there's still a blueprint still determining where you want things to be, so forth and so on. Well, I propose to you that as human beings, we all have a blueprint. The reason that we act the way that we do, the way that we see things, the way that we feel about things, it's all because of a blueprint. And it started from when we first, we first came into this world. And depending on what the situation was when you came into the world, what your family situation was, what you were surrounded by. The, the the behavior that was modeled in front of you okay people talk about those primitive years they really do mean a lot so if you come from a household that was an abusive house whether it's emotionally physically sexually okay if you come from a household where you have, like, like i said a drug addicted parent or parents or someone around you that was um if, if you come from a household where you know, you had unstable housing or unstable housing, excuse me. Um, and you hardly had food to eat, so forth and so on. It's going to cause you to become a certain kind of, of person. There's going to be a plethora of, of, of behaviors and, and, and ways that you act and behave around other people as a result of what happened in those formative years. I said primitive, I meant formative. In those formative years, that's, that's your blueprint. Why do you feel so distrustful towards men? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because my father was a b c d. Maybe because he abused me. Maybe because you know I was molested when I was younger. Nobody protected me. That's why I'm always fighting for myself. Because you know that's why I always have the largest mouth, the loudest mouth in the room. There is a reason why people are the way they are. You know what happens? People don't really take the time anymore these days to actually get to know one another. You think that because you've been in somebody's life for four years. That's really supposed to mean something. I've been in your life for four years, so that should mean something. Well, it doesn't mean anything if you don't know anything about me. If I can ask you questions such as, where did I grow up? How many siblings do I have? Oh, what's my favorite color? And you can't tell me the answer to any of those things, but even in my life for four years, then how do you understand why I'm upset about the state of affairs in the world today? How do you why would you think that I'd be upset about, you know, children who are victims of, you know, molestation if you don't remember that I as a child was molested and that I didn't have somebody come to my defense? Or if we're talking about, you know, mental illness and, you know, we have to talk about people who are convinced that it's make-believe or that it's religiously based where you know the reason why you're depressed is because you committed a sin or you know depression is laziness or any of these things or whatever yet i was locked in a, a padded room when i was 13. that's the reason why i have a certain sensitivity to things having to do with the things that i have a sensitivity to nobody takes the time to get to know anybody anymore And as a result, you think that all of the reactions that are coming from people are surface level. Nobody wants to see what lies beneath. If we took a look at what lies beneath with a lot of people and have a better understanding of them, not only would we understand them, but we would have a better way to approach them with anything, because we would understand it. But if you're blindly just going about life, interacting with people that you really don't know, but yet, because we are a society that marks time, and the only thing that we have to offer is, I've known this person for 10 years, but I don't know a daggone thing about them. Then, then what good is it? What good are we to each other in that way?
0: You know, it's unfortunate because, I mean, that happens all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, how do we, you know, how do we break that chain? How do we break that cycle? Because we're not loving each other and then we're we're economically behind, you know, our, our counterparts. Like that's I mean, that right now, just thinking about it makes me a little bit upset and, you know, and depressed because it's a it's a it's a hard battle. You know, it how is. do we break that circle? How do we move on? How do we tell the the person that was molested, look, it wasn't your fault. You're a strong individual. Compartmentalize that and try to make the, your future better than your past was cause, because that wasn't your fault. You know, you had nothing to do with that. That was the evil person. It wasn't you. Like, is it just by talking to each other, do you think? Well, it, I opening mean, I think, up to one another?
1: I think talking is key. Is, is like, n- you know, people taking the time to understand, but the talking and being careful about what you're saying, because a lot of people are sometimes I find like are just reckless. They just come out their face and they just say whatever and they're not thinking about what they're saying. But even if you're somebody, let's say, who, you know, didn't have that experience and you don't know what it is to be molested, maybe have a little bit of compassion just as a human being. You know, when something happens to you and it's beyond your control, especially if it happened to you as a child, maybe a, a woman. You know what have you even a man a man it could happen to a man and imagine as a man what we think about as men you know do you think that a man would be proud to talk about the fact that something like that happened to him when society says you're supposed to be strong you're supposed to be this you're supposed to be that but you know what there's always someone bigger unfortunately And if you are not able to, let's say, relate to a person who's gone through those kinds of experiences, perhaps you can be the person that supports them while they get into a a group or around people who have been, you know, to even care enough to like do that. You say we don't love each other. And I agree. I also say we don't love ourselves.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna say that we all because I don't want to generalize everything. But I feel like th- th- you know, especially after seeing what happened this year with the or last year with the election and things like that. There's a lot of hate in this world. There's you know what I mean? But I'm not gonna generalize because me personally, I don't I don't roll like that, and I don't roll with people to roll like that. And if I see those kind of things, I have to back out because look, I'm just not on that. I'm not on that wave right now. So you know, yeah, But you, you know, good. yeah. You know, That's and good. I'm ta- yeah, thank you. But you know, I'm I'm talking about like you know what from what I've seen because I don't want to generalize everything because you know obviously not everybody's like that. But it's like you know it's but it's like you said it's you know it's it's not easy. Like how you know how like
1: I, I just think when I was saying we don't love ourselves. What i was what I was saying is. If we're not loving ourselves, no, I agree with you there. No, no,
0: I agree with you there. Like I feel like if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be able to create uh, uh, to to cultivate good relationships at all. And that's
1: a huge problem. There's a lot of people that's walking around these days, Angel, who don't love themselves. Yes, in 2019, I
0: didn't love myself. I didn't love myself. I didn't love reckon- myself I got myself I was looking for validation from somebody else like and from other people in order for me to feel self-love it was freaking ridiculous how did and I want everybody it? that's listening how did I recognize it because yeah. I never used to be that way luckily I never used to be that way and I always used to get a lot of flack for being so headstrong and being a go-getter and being so selfish to try to provide for my family and for myself and to reach my dreams and blah 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 that I got so caught up in the guilt of feeling that way that I tried to Change myself, you know, and be captain. Save this person, and then mm. that ended up backfiring because j- just people will try to take advantage of you. There's leeches out there. There's people with negative energy, and I've always felt like I've tried to be a positive force for everyone. And it's un- you know, and and if you didn't like me, great. If you did, great. I didn't care, right. and I started caring about what people thought about me. You know, and mm-hmm. I and I had and I had to shake that off. You know, and, and and things happen in in life, and I was like, nah, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot do this. I, I cannot.
1: So you're t- you're saying then up until 2019. 2019- you had never felt where, you felt like you had to prove yourself to anybody, but in 2019.
0: No, no, it, it, that was a span that, that led, 2019 was the culmination. It was the end of the season. And then the beginning of the, you know, the new series, the spinoff of, you know, that basically is when I became Angel of Words, to be freaking completely honest with you. You know, but it, it, it was really, it, it was enlightening because, I, because like I had to have, I had to have a conversation with myself and, and actually stop everything, like I said, cleanse everything and get to know who I was. And then the pandemic happened and enhanced that.
1: Yes. you know and I
0: felt like look if people are going to be dying if, if things are going to be happening in this world I will not let anyone die in vain I'm going to try to be my best self and cultivate my best self during this time because there's other people right now that are going through it worse than I have like I had that kind of perspective and I started looking at things from more of a broader perspective and from different different vantage points which is something I always used to do when I had stopped doing during the time that I mentioned mm-hmm. and I was like nah we cannot do this you know what i'm saying we have to try to surround ourselves with with, with people that have that 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 sense all, you know, that are headstrong but also have that compassion
1: you, you know what, what you're describing yeah. though which is really mm-hmm. cool i didn't mean to cut you off but I'm, no no that no, is fine I'm, I'm not supposed to be talking that
0: much anyway. I know it's angel <laughs> no. of words, but it's always about my guest here. But you got me hyped on this conversation.
1: Uh, good, good. Because no, I've been waiting to have this saying.
0: conversation for a while. You know, like my, my 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 You know, my co-producer Star Trek. He's like, "Yo, bro, you got to do the mental health thing." And I'm like, "Bro, that's hard to find." You know what I mean? Not a lot of. You know, first of all, like not a lot of uh, professionals are going to come on a podcast and speak on it if they're not getting paid. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And then number two, you know, it's hard to get people that that are doing this because you know they're actually working, not they're helping people
1: yeah well you know there's something that you said that really excited me and and it's something too that's missing in a lot of people what you're talking about is self-reflection you actually sat yourself down somewhere i'm not saying literally but you sat yourself down somewhere i did you literally like, you know sit what? myself down somewhere <laughs> and look in the mirror <laughs> you did you look in the mirror and you was like you know what enough of this right here i am not gonna let this happen i am not going to surround myself with people who have all this negative toxic energy I am not going to be who i am not it doesn't feel good it's not good for me and you begin to then take the step, right you said you were cleansing humans and i did that so much because let me tell you in 2017 not that i'm going to get into what happened exactly but i call it a trifecta of events occurred mm-hmm. in my life that brought me to my knees right and it was probably like maybe maybe by 2018 because the situation had affected me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, everything. I remember not even really being able to see well. Like my vision was blurry, everything. I was going through a lot. 2018 came along and I finally because I am a believer. I believe in God. And, you know, I I pray and meditate and do all that. And I opened myself up finally one day and I said, "What what is it that you want me to know? Like, what is it that you need me to learn? Because the situation that I had been through in 2017 had been something that had happened, you know, uh, over years time, but it kept happening like a cycle over and over again. And finally I just kind of surrendered myself to figure out what in the world is going on and what do I need to do in order for it to be different. Once I had that submission of, of asking, what is it that you want me to know, Lord? Like, what is it that you're looking for, m- for me to do? I, got re- I, I received purpose. I received purpose. I have always known, Angel, from the time of being a little kid, that I'm here for a reason. I just never knew what for. You asked me, why do I focus my time on mental health? Yes, part of it is because personally I have been through it. But the other part of it is because that's my purpose. It is my purpose to help to destigmatize mental illness. It is my purpose to help communities of black and brown understand that in this way, we also need to take care of ourselves because mental health is one fourth of our overall health. And unfortunately, we have a tendency to ignore it because of the stigma behind it and because of all that we've been taught. We've been taught always to put ourselves on the back burner we have always operated out of survival mode. And as a result of that, we're not taking the best care of ourselves. And so the next thing you know, you find yourself sort of like, as one of my therapists used to say years ago, circle in the drain, And you don't know how you got there because you're not taking care of yourself. You find yourself in situations where like you, I was jumping through hoops to prove my value, my worth to people. And those people were like family members where it was almost like, please look at me. I'm good enough to be in your circle. I'm good enough to be you know, breathing the same air that you do. But if something happened that was to dissatisfaction, you were persona non grata. And how many times are you going to allow somebody to make you feel like your worth is tied up in their approval of you? So I had to, like you, I had to do some cleansing and I had to start getting rid of relationships that were no longer viable, that no longer spoke life, that no longer, you know, were uplifting and encouraging. And I had to realize that, you know what? Self-love and self-worth and all of that has to come from me. I cannot look to other people to fulfill that for me because I'm always going to be looking. I'm always going to be disappointed. And so the purpose that came to me was that you need to help you mental illness you need to um do this podcast and if you listen the podcast is really about different subjects but it's all rooted in mental health these are things that impact us as communities of color that i talk about each week on my podcast and at the root of everything is mental health it just so happens that i specifically spoke about um mental health and communities of color but There is a whole vision attached to this purpose of things that I'm going to be doing. I won't talk about it all because I'm very protective of it, but all of it is in work so that my people can feel better, so that my people can be better, because we're not taking care of ourselves and no one else is going to take care of us either. But if I can, along with others who are out there working in the trenches, Get us to see what's going on with ourselves, and get us to take a look at ourselves. Get us to help ourselves. Get us to trust that we can get the help that we need in order to feel better. Then that's what I'm doing, slowly but surely, brick by brick. A podcast eventually become a blog. Eventually might become books. Eventually could become wellness centers. I mean, it's all kinds of things that I'm looking to do. So um, it's important to me because I feel like. Being an African-American woman, and I can speak more about this than anybody else, my people have been through the ringer ever since they've been in this continent. If it wasn't slavery, it was sharecropping. If it wasn't sharecropping, it was Jim Crow. If it wasn't Jim Crow, it was civil rights movement. If it wasn't civil rights movement, just because of the color of your skin. If somebody can determine your worth based on the color of your skin, Show you time and time again that your life has no value. Are you really going to tell me that at some point in time that's not going to affect your, your mental? And they've gotten so good at it that you now start to believe in your own inferiority when you're not inferior at all. And you have every right that everybody else has to live your life and to do it you know, abundantly. But if you are stuck underneath all of this muck and mire that's keeping you from being able to live that best life
0: yeah because you're you're being consumed
1: exactly and we got to stop that we've got to stop it we do because that's the best thing that's been done is the, the the brainwashing and making you think that you're something that you're not because there's greatness in all of us we just need to like remove all of this stuff in front of us so that we can see it
0: my number one thing is I, I feel like we need to stop comparing each, each, each uh, ourselves to one another. And, and first I want to touch on real mental health. Cause I, I've seen, and I know real mental health. Like I've been, I've been in, in a sane asylum before in my lifetime as a, not as a patient, not as a visitor. Well, actually yep. as both, but as a patient and as a visitor, yep. you know what I'm saying? I've been mm-hmm. in, in that situation and I, I've seen real mental health and then I've seen people have mental breakdowns, how they used to call it back in the days. Right. And I honestly feel that some of us, we need to look within ourselves and start making better decisions and start worrying about what everybody else is is doing and let that consume us. True. And you and you have to find a way to do that even during the social media era because the issue with that is we covet what we see every day. So if you're looking at at at, you know uh, Cardi B shaking her ass on 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 the gram all damn day, you're gonna feel like you deserve a Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, bro, like you know, like you don't even know if you have anything in common with her. Like you know what I mean? Like you know, this is a human being. This is not an object. You know what I'm saying? This is a a, a living, breathing soul who worked hard and did what she had to do to get to where she is right now. You know what I mean? She's not a, you know, and not every woman that looks like that is also an object, mm -hmm. you know? We also need to start making smarter financial decisions because that's gonna depress you with love. We need to start making better, better, and I'm talking about people that that have mental health due to being consumed with all the things that are happening around them. Because you know, America is a tough place to live in with all the consumerism mm-hmm. that's going on out here. You know, right. so I've seen real mental health where well, like you can't do nothing about it. It's chemical. You gotta you you gotta take some form of prescription drugs because for whatever reason, there's a chemical imbalance that forces you to feel a way that you don't want to feel. But then there's also people out there that I feel can build that resilience if they take a deep breath, do some Mm self-reflection. You know what I'm saying? Stop worrying about Joe Schmo buying a Gucci belt or whatever the case may be because he bought that belt and little do you know, now he's going through mental health issues because he's financially doing bad because his credit is messed up and now he can't pay to go to school and it goes on and on and on. Like, you don't know everybody's situation so, sure. stop consuming yourself with what everybody else is doing. Love yourself. Be happy with yourself. What you're doing is more than enough right now at this moment.
1: And you know a lot not of people. All- Yeah, that need that message. It's a lot of
0: people that feel that way, man. And I just want my people people out there in the world to know that you're good enough just the way you are. A woman that's that's beautiful is going to love you just the way you are. Trust me. That belt, you buy it once you do what you got to do, you know, either educationally-wise or building a business, whatever it is. And then when you get to that point, you might not even want to buy the belt. You might want to make the belt.
1: But you know what, though? Angel, no man or woman is an island, right? And while it is important, it definitely is. I agree with you. It is important for all of us to be able to take that look within and, and you have to be able to discover, you know, those qualities within yourself and know that you are worthy. It is true. A lot of people, like I said, have been distracted because they're in survival mode. Yes. Yes. When you're in survival mode, you're not thinking about you know know, self-reflection. You're reacting. You're not planning exactly. And that's what a lot. That's why. That's why I say the focus for me with mental health is in communities of color because communities of color have operated in survival mode. Whether you're an immigrant, whether you were a person brought here and enslaved, it's survival mode. And so, everybody, there's no time, you know, you can talk to mommy or daddy sometime or aunt so and so or uncle so and so to say, hey, I'm feeling the type of way or I don't I'm, I'm not sure about myself. So, unfortunately, what happened is it, it just c- continued to go on in the wrong direction for a long enough time. Yeah. But people like yourself, people like myself and others who are taking the time to like reflect, you're able to see, like, you know what? I don't have to worry about the Joneses. I don't need to keep up mm-hmm. with the Joneses. I don't care about Kim Kardashian and, and what she's doing or whatever, but it takes like you said, you had to sit down and think about it. Yeah, and you could care about
0: that, but you gotta, you know, you gotta decarpet, yeah, that situation, man, Mm -hmm. and I just wanna let people know that we're here for you, man, there's people here for you, we're here for you if you wanna talk, if you need help, if you just wanna chill, you wanna get out the house, you know, I I do a lot of things on domestic violence if you're going through situations like that and where you can go get help, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want people to feel overwhelmed to the point where they start having mental health health issues, shoes mm-hmm. because i feel like there we have uh, uh, there's not enough resources we need to keep fighting for that but also look for the resources that we have so we can start getting that more help coming in our direction and fill out your senses by the way because new york lost his seat we lost today. the seat
1: man that ticked me that, off that, so that,
0: much that's that's a depressing that just like really we should never lose off. a seat like, no we should not it. have we should
1: not for have real. like my cousin I'm had really 10 kids last that. year
0: like for real okay <laughs> 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 I'm upset about it. When I heard that, I was like, oh, get out of here. I mean, you know, it's like, come on, we got, you know... You know, I know that we, we get overwhelmed sometimes, but we I feel like, man, like, you know, we got to help each other. We got to be a little bit more tougher. We got to learn how to love, fuck, you know, without cursing, but forget about that romance. Love yourself first. You know what I'm saying? Love the situations that you're in. You know what I mean? Cultivate good relationships with one another based on pure purity, man, based on wanting to see somebody win. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not that type of person, man, then, you know, just... Move on, man. Like honestly, you know what I'm saying? Like you just you don't gotta, need you it. know. Because a lot of times now, you
1: think you owe you. you I think a lot of times, and I I know this about myself. And like I said, Angel, I'm still a work in progress. Even even if I am out here fighting fully, but surely, I mean, my my advocacy for mental health is in its infancy stages, and I have a long, long way to go based on what it is I want to do. But I know what it is I want to do. But um sometimes you almost feel. You, you, you're tied to certain people in certain situations because you feel like you owe something, you know, like I said, you're going back to, oh, you've been in my life for just many years yeah, or that whatever. Guilt. Exactly the guilt. But at some point you got to recognize the fact that, you know what, this, this is not working no matter what I do or how hard I try. And and first of all, it shouldn't have to be this hard. You know what I mean? It shouldn't, it shouldn't have to yeah. be this hard. Either Either you're with me or you're not. You're on the train or get off at the next station whichever it is but the train has to keep moving
0: Now I want to talk about something else that I noticed Okay that uh I would say is uh something I wanted to bring up the black woman and black man dynamic seems to Ooh. be something that's important for you. Ooh. I want to under. I want to know why. Not that I know too much about. It. I've dated black women before. My ex was, you know, uh, from Memphis, Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I want to know why that's so important to you. Because, I, you know, I'm like, you know, because I see it all the time in your, you know, in your, in your, in your social media, you know, do you, you know, why? You know what I'm saying? I just want to get to the essence as to why do you feel like that bond is so important?
1: Because um, so much has been done to break it apart, um, to pit black man against black woman, black woman against black man. And I really feel compelled To every day that I can show examples, even just to put it in our faces, just to kind of like remind us of the importance of loving one another because there is nobody else other than a black man that understands what I, as a black woman, go through dealing as an African American. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but a Latino does not understand what a black woman is going through. And a black woman. What about a dark
0: skinned Latino though? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, like, I, I don't know you see i kind of disagree with you there man i, I, just, don't, I, I don't know man. i just think <laughs> like, i just because <laughs> the racism is just as, just as bad if not worse in central and south america man yeah and, you I, know, and I and i have and to there's heard no that. freedoms you know there's no you can't march you'll get shot
1: i do i, you know? I, I, I understand there's like, no
0: education at all there's no way to even go about getting it
1: i just if you think that when to, it, yeah. It, when it black men and it comes to black women i just feel like there's just been so much that has happened in society that has kind of ripped that bond apart and i just feel like it's important for us to remember that we're a part of the same team and it would be important for us to kind of come together and recognize that while we may have our individual struggles you know I'm saying we're still a part of the same team and i think that just goes back to slavery
0: well they say welfare ripped that apart you know, the, 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 the black, you know what I mean? Like the black woman chose, you know, the check and, you know, and and decided I be. I think the black woman chose the, the
1: check. I think the yeah, black I mean, it was man thought, yeah. sort of yeah. didn't leave her with a lot of choices, first of all. Um, really? Okay. Did what, yeah yeah i'm gonna say that because well i mean she, there's a lot of discourse society, you know you can go either yeah. way with it you so, know what society I mean? <laughs> society is always going to just oh it's the black woman's yeah. fault no it's not always yeah. the black woman's fault the black yeah. woman did what she had to do to survive it may not have always been the the best um scenario or what have you but she wasn't left with a lot of of, of options considering that her partner was not always present Considering that whatever circumstance took that partner away, she was left to deal with whatever he left her with, whether it was the children, the bills, the, you know, maintaining life. And a lot of times she may have made wrong decisions in in upholding that, but white women, as I say earlier on in in our interview, 30% of the time a black woman is the head of the household versus 9% that a white woman is.
0: Well, but 56 percent of the time a white woman is married, 26 percent of the time a black woman isn't.
1: Well, there you go. Let's let's talk
0: about that. What's going on there? Because I hear I hear a lot of things that black women are nurturing
1: to the black man and you black know? men are not nurturing to black women that's what i'm trying to say there's yeah, a lot but what's of going on there
0: why is that what's happening my people i, w- I want to know from a woman's perspective i, I listened to enough kevin samuels you know i want to <laughs> speak to the to the ladies now you know what i'm I saying
1: just, I-, I just feel like yeah. I-, I think for me and i and i don't know i can't really speak for a lot of like black women but i just feel like yeah. As far as Black women are concerned, we're at the bottom of the barrel in terms of how we're looked at. But and how? I think a lot mad of
0: sexy Latinos love y'all. Like y'all, you know what I'm saying? I feel like y'all mad picky, bro. Not mad picky? How can we be mad Yo, picky? No, I how feel like Black pick? women have to be with a Black man when there's so many other men out there that are more than willing so, to you put you on that pedestal.
1: Okay, let me tell you, from my point of gonna view, i
0: just going to keep it a buck, man. i to just really don't talk about situations like this.
1: <laughs> but I'm going to say to you, listen, yeah, I would yeah. love, I would love yeah. to be with a black guy. I would. Yeah, However, yeah. if there's a mm-hmm. guy that comes yeah. along, whether he's yeah. Latino or white or anything or whatever, and he treats me right, and I can be with him and feel me with you, like, that's fine. And I think everyone woman feels that way. But I think, you know. There's nothing wrong with having that preference of wanting it to be a Black man, but unfortunately, I think that there's a lot of things that have happened with Black men where it unfortunately gets in the way of their ability to love, and there's a lot of things that have happened with Black women that gets in the way of their ability. So the only thing that I do... What are those my... things?
0: I want to know these things. Let's talk about think, these things. Well, think, what I gets in I the black man's be... way of their ability to love? Because I, I, think... I feel like sometimes they got to be superheroes, man. Like, no, these guys got to have six figures, man. Be tall, athletic, you know, no. uh, 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 you know, uh, professionals well, in the you sack. Have, well, like, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Then
1: you can say that about anything. <laughs> that's not just a black woman, you can say that about <laughs> any woman then, as far as yeah. access to everyone, somebody who has money. Because I'll that. be honest with you, I, you know,
0: I, you because know, I'm Latino heavy, and I've dated every race, like, you know, a multitude of times, there's a book, I mean, not a book, but there's an audio romantic novel coming out that I'm doing later on this year to discuss, like, different dynamics of different races, and I never felt like, like, I felt like a Latino be good with just th- three of the five. Let's say there's five categories, I felt like they'll be alright with three of the five and more than satisfied and willing to to, to you know, cultivate a relationship with their man. But from what I hear from a lot of, you know, a lot of my my black friends is like, yo, like they feel like sometimes they're overwhelmed, like they gotta do it all.
1: No, I don't think, I don't think that it, if, there, if there's a feeling of them having to do it all, I'd love to see who they're dealing with. Because in yeah. my world, there isn't about doing it all. It's like, can we do it together? Can you at Got least you. even be present? Can you at least, you know, be supportive? would be an improvement from what I see a lot of experiences around me. But I don't think that it's a matter of, you know, you have to have six figures or you have to drive a bend. Or you have, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't come from that world, so I don't see that. Gotcha. But um, I think it's all relative to wherever you are, whoever you may be. I yeah. am just doing my part to just encourage love.
0: I mean, yeah. And I love that because to me, that's the bottom line. Encouraging love, learning how to love yourself, learning how to love and treat people the right way. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like if you can get those two down, then you're definitely going to have a great romantic relationship with whoever it is you decide to deal with. But until you don't get those things right, you'll never be able to get that third thing right. No matter how amazingly beautiful or whatever the case may be, that is your dream situation. You're never going to get a dream situation because you didn't cultivate it from the root, like you said, from the foundation.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so, I mean, that's all I'm doing. I mean, more so yeah. like the images, more than even like the messages. The messages are, are more so like inspirational, motivational things that, yeah. you know, I might put out there, but it's mostly the imagery, just like, yeah. see black love. You know, not a, not a, not a, not a pimp and a hoe not so I get it not, no
0: no I, no exactly <laughs> no I, I get where you're coming from now you want them to see black love not in a negative spectrum but just like yo we got to treat each other better you know what I'm you saying we come them. from the same grind we you know the, you know every the way we started together was not the best way to start a situation in a new country you know exactly. what I'm saying I'm being I'm being nice about that situation and we're, right exactly. now exactly saying? we're both
1: hurting we're both hurting yeah, we both exactly, yeah.
0: but now and let's it, you want you want to see that unity so that's the symbolism behind it got you that's beautiful i love it that's all it was i wanted to know what that was about that's all you know what i mean i love how we took like 10 circles around the situation but it's good that's where we needed to land good that's what i wanted that's what i wanted to hear you know and now we've reached the point in the podcast where it's time to play five words with angel On five words with Angel, I'm going to give you a word or phrase and you're going to give me the first word or phrase that comes to your head. Are you ready? I'm
1: ready.
0: All right, the first phrase is purposely awakened. Magazine. Nice. I like that. <laughs> All right, the second word is a heavy hitter right now. <laughs> Tamika Tamika Mallory.
1: Ooh, boss ass, boss ass chick. Yeah. Um, black lives—they definitely do matter.
0: <laughs> yo, I'm telling you, y'all. Now, y'all, if you haven't read the book "State of Emergency," how we win in a country uh, we built, gotta check that out, man. That's a good read. I need, I need to check the, it. Yo, for real. The third word is uh, social
1: unrest.
0: What do you think about that? When you hear that.
1: Hmm current state of affairs uh yeah that's the current state of affairs i mean that's a
0: fact (laughs) the first thing that comes to mind (laughs) the fourth word is the amazing and uncanny and unbelievable Stacey abrams
1: oh my god she turned georgia blue Bro,
0: that's crazy.
1: That's Turn a great <laughs> it's a word.
0: I never thought I'd see that happen in my lifetime. I'm going to keep it 100. Oh my God.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: For real. Um, the fifth word is, uh, what should I make? The fifth word is, oh man. The fifth word is Atlanta. What do you think when you think Atlanta? Shout out I'm
1: to Hassan to Ramirez. Much, right?
0: There you go. Miss <laughs> Leslie Ramirez, who's on the show, I think, episode 23 or 22. Yeah, Definitely shout out girl. to her. Yeah, shout
1: out to her.
0: That's fantastic, man. So, look, we want everyone to know when and where we can catch your podcast, where it's available. Give us the skinny.
1: Well, I am on hiatus right now. But we're okay. looking to start up again. Um, hopefully, like the first Wednesday in June. And I'm sorry, I don't have the date right in front of me.
0: But the older um, episodes are still available, correct?
1: The older episodes are still available. You can go to Spotify, um, Google Podcast, and and get the older episodes. But the new episodes should be starting in June, and uh, you can get them on um, Spotify, Google Podcast, Radio Public, I believe it is. You can go to um, oh my gosh, Anchor. Um, and also the link is available on Purposely Awaken as well.
0: That okay. sounds fantastic. Now, also, one more thing. You you are a writer, right? Yeah. Where can we catch a writer, your writing in Purposely Awakened? Like, okay. could you give us more information on that?
1: So basically, I submit pieces, you know, as okay. far as, like, you know, just just certain things that are on my mind that I feel inspired by. So if you gotcha. were to go to Purposely Awakened, and um I believe is it
0: purposelyawaken be- dot com?
1: Yeah, awakened, um dot com, or is it awaken at you know what? Purposelyawaken dot com, and you can look for. um I want to say that they have me as C.K. McGee, and like you, you can pull up all of my pieces, and um you should be able to find me that way because I submit every once in a while. It's not like all the time thing, but. Um, I do more editing, though, than um, writing. Yeah. So basically any of the interviews that are conducted on Purpose Day Awakened from any of our social me- media um, personalities, I'll be the one transcribing those interviews, things like that, editing them, so forth and so on. So that's pretty much like my involvement with Purpose Day Awakened. So, yeah. That's dope.
0: Now, yeah. one more message for the people out there that are suffering with mental illness. What do you want them to know?
1: You're not alone. And help is here. Um, I care. I'm going through it myself. So let's go through it together. Let's get to the other side. Cause I believe that we are headed toward brighter days. So. That's what we're fighting for. Brighter days.
0: Let's get to the other side, baby. Like the red hot chili peppers. That was Miss CK McGee. Everyone, don't forget to tap that uh, notification bell. Catch us on all podcast platforms. And uh, don't forget to share, like, and follow, uh, you know, on YouTube. Also, um, our uh, social media handles is Angel of Words, ENT, on all social medias. Uh, The website for the merch and exclusive content. Content is uh, www.aowent.com. And for donations, you can cash app AOWNYC. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later.